This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. It is Jim Cren. No restrictions on the Sideshow Network, and I am at Talent Network Studios, and behind the scenes, of course, we have our producers, Wayne Wow, Dave Sotomayor, Frank Mergia, Josh Folio, and on air, Mike Sasson, Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, and we have a fun show for you uh, today. Uh, I want to talk about, I want to start off right now, I want to talk about, we had an interview on our, our morning show here in Pittsburgh, Q92.9. Uh, on de- with Dennis Hoff, the, the the pimp of the year, the greatest pimp in the world, the owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Let's start off with him. Uh, we interviewed him on Friday. It was interesting what he revealed in the interview, which is about how Lamar Odom was there and wanted the first post-op tranny. That was his. Dennis said he that's what he wanted. He he requested that, which of course is a which you would probably request on the menu if you're going to spend $75,000 at mm. a Moonlight Bunny Ranch. <laughs> what are you looking for? They do have a menu there. That is, right, exactly. And, ju- and just as you a gotta dis- go with that. That's today's special. And just yeah. as a disclaimer, <laughs> if you don't have $75,000, mm-hmm. they will work with you. That's what's nice. They yes. d- they're negotiable. Yeah. So Work within your budget. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I got married in Vegas in 94. And and I've gone out to Vegas a lot, just because we got married there. We go out and hang out, whatever. I had a friend who went out to the Bunny Ranch, and he's single. And I think it's hey, it's fine if you're single. Why not? What the hell? Who cares? It's legal. You're single. No one gets hurt. That's what you want to do. It's fine. So. He's describing the whole situation, how it works. Is it's not legal in Vegas. You go to Las Vegas, to the casinos and everything, the, the prostitution is not legal. It's legal outside of Clark County. Clark County's Vegas, but outside, in the, in the, <clears throat> out in the desert, about an hour outside, it's legal. And that's where you get all your bunny ranches and, you know, little Texas whorehouse or whatever the hell they have, the cute names. <laughs> <laughs> All those fun house names. House of Whores. Yeah. The, the funny, fuzzy house. Harry's House of Whores. Yeah. <laughs> the Pink Hole or whatever they call They have all these weird oh, names. Oh, I visited the Pink Hole. <laughs> Great place. A, oh, my God. Great onion soup, by the way. Honestly, yeah, the, the salad bar is awesome. underrated. Yeah, Ew. tremendous. Stay for the salad. Stay for the salad. <laughs> they yeah. toss your salad. The Man in a Boat Buffet. Killer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> all these places are out there, and they're, they're kind of next door to each other, pretty close to each other. But Moonlight, the Bunny Ranch has become probably the most famous of all of them because of the HBO show that we did, a lot of us watch. <laughs> it's kind of intriguing. The, and the guy who owns it is is Dennis Hoff. But anyway, what they do is they, they take you out by bus. You go out and they have a shuttle pick you up, man. You go out into the desert and then you, know, you meet the, they line you up or lay line of women up. You pick the woman. And there literally is a menu, he said. My buddy said, there's a menu. It's like you're at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you order whatever you want. And he said, that, God bless him, he said, but the girls aren't all 
really tens, eights, or sevens. He told me that anyway. Maybe he was on an off night. I don't know. Maybe there are tens there. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll take two threes. That's basically <laughs> what it was. That's Just how they what, work what with you. The, that's how they work with you with the seventy-five grand. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> they get you a couple twos. You can afford a two, maybe. <laughs> point. Point is, Lamar Odom. I don't think he was with Victoria's Secret women. I don't think. I don't think they're really that. But then again, I mean, sometime on the on the show and the TV show, some of the girls look kind of attractive but even on a tv show what you you, you're, you went amends amends like mike is that what you meant yeah even on a tv show and you figure on a tv show it's going to be the best of the best right for them yeah they're gonna have to have the hottest ones that they can because well, how if you're a really beautiful woman even with daddy issues that's probably not going to attract you that job well you could become a call girl in new york city or la and make a bunch see, more five, than that the, yeah. yeah it's the five thousand to ten thousand a night girls yeah. that's the high end that's the the TV show that was on Showtime, uh, Bell or whatever. There's a show. It's a famous. There's a show caller, um, Diary of a Call Girl. I think it's called. It's on Showtime. It's really good. Those kind of women. Yeah, that's that's ten grand a night. Those kind of. But yeah, they're they're not really the ten grand a night. So the seventy five grand is negotiable, and you probably could spend a month there for seventy five grand, which would be an interesting month. <laughs> not knocking it. Includes room and board. That includes food. Yes. Yeah. Which is the weird part. Because I'd wonder how the food is at the Bunny Ranch. I remember watching the show. They had a cafeteria downstairs. It didn't look great. Oof. It didn't look fantastic, <laughs> but it looked passable. It kind of looked like, you know, kind of like school, like school mm. cafeteria food. They have square pizza and everything like that? It looked that? like square pizza. <laughs> they had the hooker, the hookers. Because that was part of the show. And the Bunny Ranch, they say, hey, man, you get to have a buffet. Hit there. And they could eat all they could. They say, the one hooker saying, all you can eat. And didn't look that great though but anyway <laughs> it was it's an interesting interview be looking for it online terry's gonna terry's gonna post that yeah you'll hear it's in, in its entirety about 12 minutes dennis hoff going off on lamar and what and on <laughs> chloe and the whole deal now l let me guys ask you one thing yeah. that he brought up in the interview was the fact that he felt that legalizing prostitution actually makes it safer and the girls cleaner and everything like that mm -hmm. would you have any objections if it came to pennsylvania or ohio or west virginia any place around here that if legalized prostitution uh no, no i i wouldn't have any objections to it because i think if you're over you know you're of age you're over 21 if that's what you want to do with your body if you're a woman and if that's what you want to do if you're a guy and it's an adult transaction. I don't see. Yeah, people are having sex. It's like you might have sex by taking a woman out to a restaurant or something. This just cuts out the middleman. It's not. To and, me. I, and all it does, the only thing it does, would pimps would lose their jobs and they wouldn't beat up on them either. And they'd have medical, uh, maybe type of tests uh, for disease uh, standards. Yeah, it's a it's a crime that's a. It's not a, a. You're not harming anybody but yourself in that sense, if in a way. Mm -hmm. So. To me, those kind of – it's just like prohibition or anything back in the day. I'm sure there were days back in the day with prohibition. It's the same thing with, with the marijuana thing. Come on, if you, if you want to do it, you should be able to do it. And, and now it is getting to the point where they're decriminalizing it. Mm -hmm. But same thing with this. Yeah, absolutely. I think why, why not? I mean, who am I? Who's, I, get, I get the moral police. I get what they want to do. But, hey, if you're an adult with, and it's, a, it's a, something you want to do, it's what you want to do. Sorry. It's okay. Who are you hurting? That's why I was thinking about that over the weekend. And like one of the, I was reading this article about, you know, Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. how Pittsburgh itself and the surrounding communities in Allegheny County are doing a lot better in the last like 10 to 15 years and everything like that. But the surrounding, 
uh, communities out there, a lot of them, the old steel mill towns, aren't doing as well because they haven't, you know, brought back the, you know, in Aliquippa or any of these other places, they haven't found anything that replaces those giant steel mills. This is where legalized prostitution this, well, look comes at gam- in. Remember when gambling was being passed? Mm-hmm. They had the opposition made you think that this world was going to fall. The, the whole entire city of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania state was going to fall apart. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. Everybody was going to be addicted to gambling. It was the end of the world. And nothing. It, what has happened? It's that bad, really. Is the whole? Has it been that? Is it that much of a degenerate thing? The area where we have the casinos, one was. It's actually beautiful. It's actually where people go as a tourist attraction, and there is nothing wrong with even the surrounding areas actually being built up for the first time in years. And uh, the, the people, probably the same amount of people addicted to it that were before, who were going maybe somewhere else to gamble. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's not really big into the, those kind of social crimes, I guess they call them. And the moral, it's a moral thing where people are in a high horse, and I think they, they somehow want to play God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, and then the community, and the thing about it is, is with uh, like the one in downtown Pittsburgh, Rivers, it's changed being a young person in this town. Because it used to be, if right. you, you know, you, you know, Permani Brothers would be open late, whatever. But now, what the move is, is you know, you go to Southside, you go to Strip, you yeah. go wherever. But then at two o'clock, you say, okay, well, let's go to the casino. Let's hit another couple. You know, let's go to the blackjack tables. All that other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It completely changes a night out in Pittsburgh because instead of like you bring someone in from L.A. or New York or Chicago, it's like, oh well, outside a couple bars, and then we go to Permani's. Now you can say, hey, we go to the casino, we go to a pirate game, all this kind of stuff. It really makes it. It really changes the town. It, you know what's funny is is whenever you see, like, looking at the history of these laws, these moral type laws that were passed. For instance, prohibition. I was of all shows. There's a show on Comedy Central. You can get it on Hulu. You can get it on uh, Amazon. Or I'm sure on Netflix. It's called Drunk History. Mm-hmm. Brilliantly done. Really funny show. You'd love it. If you're a comedy fan out there, obviously, if you're listening to the show, we're comedians. Look up Drunk History now. The history they give is is very accurate. They tell a truthful story, and I've gone back and checked some several of these stories, and they're truthful. Yeah, but they're shit face drunk as they're telling you, <laughs> <laughs> and they reenact it. It's brilliantly funny. But anyway, this is season three that they're doing now, and I'm I'm playing catch up all on it. I don't know what, what particular episode this was, but they went and they did Cleveland, which I hope they do Pittsburgh one day. I'd be I'd be so excited to get drunk will. on the air and tell Pittsburgh story. I, <laughs> I hope I want to be asked so bad. But they were, they did Cleveland, and there was a guy named Wheeler. Uh, uh, forgive me for not knowing his first name, but he was one of the key guys against prohibition. He was like a a lobbyist. He was a very powerful lobbyist. He's from Cleveland, I guess, in Washington. He was powerful to to change things. Well, when he was a kid, he got stuck with a pitchfork by a drunk guy, a drunk farmer. Farmer's drunk. <laughs> He got in the way of the farmer who was drunk, and the farmer uh, jabbed him in the leg with a pitchfork. So ever since that, he had this thing against drunks. Like if you drank, you just it was a, the worst thing in the world. So he goes on this whole campaign, his whole life, uh, to fight against drinking. Like it should, it should be outlawed. And it got to the point where he is, he is every uh, lobbyist. He's, he's paying people off, and uh, he shows how evil it is, the evils of of alcohol. What was going on was people were drinking ethanol alcohol. And, and yeah, and he ends up putting poison in it because he said, hey, there's too many people getting drunk on uh, alcohol that we use for machines, things like that. They're drinking it. 
So he said, let's put poison. So people start dying. Thousands of people, hundreds of people, uh, thousands, I'm sorry, get sick, hundreds die. People are outraged, outraged toward this guy and what he did. But he still ended up getting prohibition. Like, he ended up getting passed. There, or th that we couldn't drink. And then all of a sudden, after that, of course, speakeasies opened up. All these different illegal uh, organizations got yeah. bigger. The, the mob actually got bigger from the whole deal. And it was kind of It's a fascinating story. But anyway, if you probably go back in the lineage of these people that start these type of platforms, it's probably something really personal for them to get to the point where they have to go on a crusade to stop whether it's drinking, gambling, whatever. Because you hear these people almost in tears, these politicians, some of them are talking about. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, really, uh, maybe it's because we're not that emotionally vested. I, I don't know. There's a, I, I'm sure there's a religious aspect maybe to it. Maybe it's a religious thing, the way you're brought up. I'm brought up straight Catholic. I get it. But I could also see through to see that if you're an adult, you should be able to do what you want. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if just like you said, if you're an adult and you're not hurting anybody, then what is it any business what you do to your own body or what this person does to her body or, the, you know, anything like that? So, yeah, absolutely. And you're right in the sense that I could if, if someone would have told me 20, 25 years ago, you know what, there's going to be a casino right next to where the Steelers play. Right. In this where you still couldn't get alcohol on, you know, on Sundays, all this other kind of stuff. You'd have thought they were nuts. But now you, it's here. The world hasn't collapsed. The you know the earth hasn't collapsed into the sun. Nothing's changed. You know it's just hey, there's a casino right there. And I bet you if out in you know Johnstown or Aliquippa or Butler, or whatever like that, like oh yeah, that's legalized prostitution. I'm sure outside of the <laughs> fact that there'd be a reason to go to those places. You know, well Ter Terry, you came from a real religious family and all the you know and all that. A lot of reverends and things like that. Very pretty religious family. Uh, do you think your family would just be dead set against it out of religion aspect, or would they? Or they kind of they would just say, "Now nah, it should be done because adults have the choice to do it." What, where, where would they come from? The, the the family members you know that are very religious. Where would they come in? I, I think they would look at it uh, a certain way. Like it, it's a moral thing, as you stated. It's one of those things where they would be like, "Oh, prostitution." You know, we need th these young ladies need to respect themselves, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, more than anything else, uh, I don't think they would be so hung on it. And think that it was that crazy uh but you know jimmy you had a good point where if you're an adult you can make that decision yourself well, that's what i thought right? uh i do think that it should be legalized uh, only reason i say that is when he brought up some good points in that interview of sex trafficking and the violence of um prostitution dennis hoff you're saying dennis hoff yeah. and yeah, you yeah. hear all these stories and i know it's like oh this is a guy with a business pitch but if you really think about it there's so many women that get kidnapped a year or they go missing and you end up finding out like they're being sold overseas or they're bringing women from overseas. That's where Liam Neeson comes in. <laughs> I want you to hide under the bed. They will take you. But I will find you. Don't worry. So does that make him a pimp low key? Because he let his daughter you. get caught. And I will bring you. No, back. he was stopping his daughter from becoming. She know. was. A well, he she, stopped her. She got but sold. The worst hiding place ever under the bed. Is like yeah. Going <laughs> yeah, to find a better spot I than want that. You to hide under the bed. <laughs> Whatever you will mean. They, will keep. they take me? They will take me. Then why the fuck am I going under the bed? I don't know. Because I like it there. But, because I, I left something there. Because that's fun. <laughs> Tom Cruise is coming. You're gonna play hide and seek. Hide. <laughs> oh God, that's funny, Mikey. Oh shit. Mikey, re referring to, and we can talk. You gotta talk about this because Lee Lee Remini wrote the book out, Troublemaker. And we've touched upon this, but last week, but the book about Tom Cruise and his wedding and all different things that he 
she reveals of Scientology, which my favorite thing is that she went over his house and for a dinner party, and he wanted to play hide-and-seek, which is amazing. <laughs> I would love that. I, that would be my favorite thing in the world if I went to Tom Cruise's house, and he says, let's play. Wouldn't he go nuts to play hide-and-seek? Wouldn't it be the awesome, most awesome? And then when she said, oh, well, I don't know, I'm dressed, I'm dressed up or something, and he goes, you're it, and ran. That's even better. <laughs> that he would take no for an answer. All right, that means we're not playing hide-and-seek because you have heels on, but we're playing it, and he ran. <laughs> and then did that laugh after he ties it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go buy the movie Going Clear. And believe me, if you're a Scientologist and you're listening to the show, you know, God bless you. I don't want you to attack me. I don't even because it's like a mob. You got to watch these people. Mm -hmm. But that's all I'm just saying. I saw the movie. I'm just going to tell you what the movie said. That's all. I know, really. It's scary. Uh, it's like but, the so mob. It is. It's the uh, mob, man. Go ahead. The, I they, wish, he, the mob wishes they, they, they had that kind of They're very organized. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So they they going clear, man. It was a wild. It's a, the the movie everybody's talking about, and HBO produced it. It's uh, Paul Haggis is in it and a few other actors. But it is the most. It's one of the most fascinating movies I've ever seen as far as on Scientology or anything. It's like talk about really getting in and blowing the lid off something because they interview like three or four people who were the right hand man of. Dave uh, Miscavige, or Miscavige or whatever his mm -hmm. name is, the, the leader. But they were running the show. Like, it was him, and then they were, they, they were like, vice president or whatever. They were right there. And the, they were just, they were going off on it, and on how they had to lie, and all. They, they said blatantly they had to lie and stuff like that. John Travolta was in it young. His PR lady that helped with his PR, his lady, her nickname was Spanky. She was involved with this lady. <laughs> yeah, she's probably like, looks like about 50 now. They were kids, they were younger. She said, Travolta goes in. Now, the first levels, and there's the actor from Chicago, uh, P, uh, Chicago PD. I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, but he's that, he's that actor that sounds like this. He's, the, he's the, the, the captain or whatever. He's a tough guy. Great actor, by the yeah. way. He's a fantastic actor. He talks like this. He was in that the TV guy. show. He was in that TV show on HBO, First and Ten, about yeah, the football team. Yeah, he's yeah. got that voice. You know, he's, he's, mm. But he was great. And he was an excellent tall. I guess he got out. He doesn't even care. He's like, they're asking about it. He goes, the fucking wacky, the nuts. He's like that. <laughs> he was cracking me up. But they're interviewing him and Paul Haggis and all these people. And they tell him about the whole deal. But anyway, the spank, he said that... The, the, now the beginning of it to go back is uh what's his name l ron, l. ron hubbard l. Ron. pulp fiction writer many people know this story he wrote hundreds and hundreds of pulp fiction books he takes a bunch of uh storylines makes dianetics turns into scientology blah 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 you know everyone knows that story basically uh anyway the beginning parts like the phase one phase two phase three are basically from what i observed was basic believe it or not therapy Taken from something that I've seen before called EMDR, which is like you use the, these meters. The, the, in other words, you go to something that traumatized you, something in your life. Knowledge is power, is a theory, and which gives you control over it. Now, that's actually basic, regular traditional therapy in certain certain aspect of it. Not the cognitive, but a different style. There are different styles therapeutically and scientifically acknowledged by the American Medical Association of therapy that he kind of takes from which is basically giving yourself power through the knowledge finding out what's blocking things mentally so the beginning stages the way haggis and uh and a guy like him yeah. you gotta look up his name chicago pd wayne 
the the TV show. Just please get his name. It's driving me nuts now. He's the head guy, the <laughs> captain. I got his impression of him because really famous. He's pretty famous now. I, I do like him as an actor. I can't even remember his name. He's got a different like Wingy or Wingy or something. I can't remember his last name. So. Yeah, it is. It is. Jason Bingy. Bingy. There you go. I told you. It's like a different name, right? Yeah. Jason Bingy. That's that's him. <laughs> Jason Bingy. Look at the great. look at the fingers. Huh? <laughs> he's got the picture of this. He's got. He's. He, he, uh, he, I'll tell you, he's nice. a great actor, man. I love him in that show. That show's awesome. He always he always like you know bends the rules like they, they capture somebody goes take him downstairs to the cage and he looks and goes, don't make me leave if i leave this room without you talking there's gonna be a problem they always talk <laughs> anyways i digress he he was in scientology <laughs> which i couldn't believe he was in it because that's the last guy i would expect but yeah. he did get out of it uh hey i guess like i said but anyway travolta and these guys at the beginning stage when you go through the phase one which is the e-meter thing Using those basic therapeutic therapy things, it does help you. So you do get some empowerment from it, which is basically you're confessing things. You're, you're basically, in a weird way, doing cognitive therapy with this guy who's called a meter reader, if you think about it. <laughs> and Hagus meter said it helped. Yeah, the meter reader. It is, it's, it's a meter. <laughs> it's an actual meter reader. Like so the guy's name is, he's the meter reader. Yeah, the one guy... <laughs> Uh, what's our guy's name? What's our actor's name? Jason Biggie. Jason, Jason Biggie. Biggie goes, I tell you, he goes, that guy Tyler, he's the fucking, he goes, he's a fucking Michael Jordan, a Gretzky, a meter reader. He <laughs> so they read you and they write shit down and then they, they record you in, in your in your life. And this helped me. And Paul Hagas said, now after you get to a certain level, you're over to Thetan and then you're over, you're Something like 04, 05, 06, 07, whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. You get a higher level. Well, they get you in this one level, and <laughs> Hagus gets there, and, and you get a briefcase. And you got the information that L. Ron Hubbard wrote, he said, and he said, you, you're you supposed to, this is going to be knowledge. It's going to, they thought that people that had this level could telepathically move things and everything. Like, this is going to, this is like the answer to the meaning of life, basically. He said, he gets there, and he starts reading this stuff. It's all the Pulp Fiction stuff. That there's this guy, Zenu, who controlled the world. Uh, they froze our bodies through an audit. They were tax auditing us. They found corruption. They froze our bodies through this some kind of whatever medicine that froze our hearts and bodies. They got planes, DC-38, whatever, certain specific airplanes. He knew. They flew us over volcanoes and dropped our bodies in. And then our bodies floated up as these Thetan souls, and then when people are born now, they, they invade the bodies. So these meters, he said, were, would get rid of. So Paul Haggis is like, what the fuck? Are you <laughs> kidding me? What the fuck? Because he goes, I could get into the earlier shit. He said, because it's okay, I get it. You get rid of negative energy, you get in control of your life, blah, 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 confidence. He goes, he goes, then you're reading the science fiction stuff. You're going, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and Paul Haggis said, he goes, I thought it was a trick. He said, I thought they were going to. I was to tell him, you know, this is crazy, and then they, they let me in or something. I, he really. So think about this. So just give me an idea. Now, this is what the – if you're a Scientologist out there, hey, I'm just – don't kill the messenger. I'm just yeah. talking about the movie. We love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. We respect <laughs> everyone. But anyway, so the uh, Travolta is in this thing. He's young. He's starting to book everything. Everything he does, he's booking. He's got the confidence out the ass. 
because this does give you some confidence at first level, those first few levels. Like is we're this saying. Welcome Back Cotter yes, Young? Yes, yes. He bought, yeah. He Grease, commercials, Potter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Fever, the whole thing. Mm. Just starting that, right at that era. So this girl, Spanky, they don't, <laughs> she says they don't believe, and that's funny, they don't girl, believe, I, I guess, in uh, traditional medicine. So she ends up, um, someone's sick, and she calls the doctor. So they throw her in like a prison, like a rehabilitation, for doing that. So she can't get in touch with Travolta, Travolta with her. They take her baby away. She had a little baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because she went to a doctor? She told, no, tried to get a doctor for a friend. Oh. So they rebuilt it. Even worse. <laughs> Believe me, I'm only scratching. I want you to, you guys have to get the movie. I'm, if you're listening out there, I'm only, I'm only giving you one little scene. That's it. So she finds her baby months later in this room up. She goes to this area. She walks the build. She's in a basement of this building with 200 other people who are in prison. The rehabilitation thing. She somehow gets back to the baby. She finds out the baby's in a urine urine soaked crib with her eyes full of mucus, fleas around her, and everything. Oh. She's like, "Oh my god, killing the baby." She goes, "I have to get out. I have to escape." We well, could be brainwashed so much, but when she basically says this, you be brain basically brainwashed. But when it comes to a baby, it's different. So she wraps the baby up. You have guards with around her. She goes, oh, "I have to call my sister because I, I want her to take the baby to the doctor." Now they don't want to get. The bad press, or they, they could see the baby sick. They obviously didn't know how to con take care of it. She calls John Travolta's assistant. That's who she knew. She said, meet me at this address. The lady knew exactly what was going on. And then she goes, oh, there's my car. I got to bring the baby. I just got to hand it to my sister, her sister-in-law, whatever. They go, okay. She goes down, jumps in the car, the baby escapes, takes off. So she calls Travolta, tells her the whole deal. He goes, he can't believe it. You know, Travolta's like, what? What do you mean? I can't believe it. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Uh, where? Uh, where? Where? <laughs> Zeno? Zeno wouldn't do that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way. No way. So they're, they're, he can't believe it. So she thinks he's going to leave. He he tries to kind of leave. He's like pissed. Like this is in you, you know, it's inhuman. It's inhumane. He wants to leave. He can't leave. Can't leave. They have fucking hours of tape on this guy. Hours and hours. Anything he's ever done is on that tape, and everyone knows the rumors on each. In Enquirer, pictures of him kissing guy here and there. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine the details that he would have on the tape? If they leak it out, he's done. And they said Miscavige and all those guys. They said the guy, one of the, the, the right hand men, said, "Yeah, we would." They weren't supposed to really tape Travolta. They, they they'd sneak all kind of cameras and things in, but Travolta can't leave. In other words, Cruz, on the other hand, it's different. Totally brainwashed. In a fucking hysterical. When you watch the, the cruise is off the charts funny. Almost. Scary to be brainwashed like that, but funny. Mm -mm -mm. He had a girlfriend they tried. The one girl in Homeland was they were going to make her the girlfriend. She had a migraine and just had a bad night. Was talking to Miscavige and just couldn't. He, maybe he was probably talking nonsense, but he probably, she couldn't understand really what he was saying or whatever. Or didn't give the right answer. Cruz supposedly pawns the table. It just goes nuts on her, like punching the table. Like, I can't believe you did this in front of him. Like, he's like their pope or something. So they, this, so she had to go to punishment. She left. She got, yeah, that was it. They, they informed her, you're no longer Tom Cruise's girlfriend. Then he started, <laughs> <laughs> then he started recruiting Penelope, and after Penelope was Katie. I guess those girls must have been too well-known or powerful and able to get out. Somehow they were able to get out. They said one was assigned to Nicole Kidman. She was a suppressive, an SP. 
And that's my favorite thing in the interview. When, when Cruz does the SP thing, it's awesome. And he starts, that's the one he starts laughing. When yeah. he goes, yeah, you know, people are like, uh, who knows, maybe SPs will one day be gone. <laughs> 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 it's amazing, isn't it? Well, anyway, I don't want to tell any more. This is a two-hour movie, so you got a lot more. Give me a tease. It's really interesting. It's fascinating to me. I oh, couldn't get absolutely. enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just fascinating. What's that what's that one uh movie, uh, Battlefield Earth? Is that what yeah. it's called? The, well that's the part movie? of the one of the stories. Yeah, well, didn't they say that he, that he did. So Travolta, wasn't he supposed to be like their space Jesus? <laughs> well wasn't he playing like their God or whatever? I think it's the character or something like that, but I yeah. think uh that maybe that was a Xenu guy. I don't know, but I didn't watch. But it was one of the worst movies ever. But I, it was during. I, I I would bet it's one of those ones he didn't want. I bet he didn't want to do this. I I don't think he really. I would say he's not into it. Cruise Cruz was out of it for a few years. They said because of Nicole, and they went. They they, they reprogrammed him hard. Like they, they give him anything he wants. Like it's you know. And I mean, I, could you imagine if it, if somebody gave you everything you wanted? Would you? Would that be enough to influence you to stay with an organization? I mean, everything. You walk in and everyone has to smile, wave, hug you. You said, "Hey, I, I, my," he says, "I want a new car." They, they just give you the nicest. You just walk outside here, Mike. Here's a new Mercedes or whatever Porsche. Cheers here. I might make it tough to leave. It'd be tough to leave, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You walk in, we all applaud you. It's all we do is compliment <laughs> you up and not down. Not getting this anywhere else. <laughs> Wait, what, but here's the thing, Jimmy. It's Tom Cruise. Doesn't he get that everywhere? That's what's odd because he's, well, yes, he's a billionaire. But he's a billionaire movie star. Every, I mean, <laughs> it's weird shit. Like, for instance, he wanted to, he told Miss Gage he wanted to run through a meadow with Nicole Kidman he dreamt about it and he wanted to run through a meadow so they had their sea orgs they call the workers they had him build a meadow <laughs> to spec and they misgave, didn't like the sand so they had him do it again they said they had to redo the meadow so they could, so they could run through it just run through it for two minutes and done done <laughs> they built a meadow for him now, come on if they built if they fawned on you like that I mean, there must be something in it that he sees, I guess. I don't know what he can get out of this whole Thetan thing or whatever. I don't know how he understands it or thinks it. Somehow he he, he feels it makes sense, and it's well, almost like they think they're, we're idiots. Well, I, I – oh, absolutely. But I told you the story about um that uh, Adam Carolla told about uh, Tom Cruise. Like, they basically the Retail. way he would de- yeah, the way he describes Tom Cruise is because yeah, him and Kimmel are still pretty good friends, and so they, they're very are, tight. I was going to ask her. Do you know a lot about this or research this at all, Mikey, uh, for real? Are him and Kimmel really friends anymore? I've because not I read saw a movie just recently. The, wa- the Road Hard or whatever that yes. movie? Uh, I the, the, I've the, not heard anything that he's – they're not. I okay. mean, he did, he did press said, on it for him okay. at the thing. So. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, it was so, a, the movie yeah. really slams Kimmel. But anyway. But um, here's the th- – so basically, you know, Kimmel, very nice guy, everything like that. So Tom Cruise is on the show. And Kimmel, you know, big, you know, guy, you know, football guy, sits there and goes, hey, this Sunday, if you want to come over to my house, we're watching football, you can come and watch football. Yeah. Tom, you know, sits there and goes, oh, that sounds wonderful. You know how the same he answered your Buster Keaton line. You're yes. like, oh, you're absolutely. Uh. Best comedian ever. Yeah. yeah. Keaton. It's a big influence. <laughs> I'm a and huge football Harold fan. Lloyd, too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Harold Lloyd. Yeah, they always, they always do. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise was the linebacker in all the right moves, so he knows Western PA football as well. True. Mm-hmm. So very funny. So yeah. then, no, he wasn't he running back. Or was he linebacker? He was a DB. 
Remember he got. Remember he got the uh, the the pass. He got the. Um, he didn't go for the ball. He went for the man, <laughs> okay. and that's why Craig T. Nelson didn't get him the scholarship. <laughs> oh, is that yeah. what happened? Yeah, I forgot. Freaking yeah. coach, yeah. coach. If you're, if you're a high school football player in Western Pennsylvania, you gotta know that movie. You were required to watch all the right moves. <laughs> Six two stack monster. No, um, everyone in high school football will like now is like sitting there going, "Hey, no." Yeah. Uh, but uh, so. <laughs> So they all show up to Kimmel's house to watch football out in Los Angeles. Right. And so they're sitting there, and, and, and Kimmel tells to Corolla, says, hey, Tom Cruise might show up. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Biggest movie star in the world's going to show up. And so, ding dong, you know, here comes Tom it's Cruise. Cruise. Huh. Tom Cruise brings to a party where they're watching football something to eat. You know, you think nachos, chips, beer, okay, whatever. Okay, makes sense in yeah. a way. It's nice. He brings muffins. Muffins <laughs> to a football party? Brings <laughs> muffins to a football party, plus... He brings his mom. No, he does not. Yeah, he I don't remember his, you telling me. That's awesome. He brings his mom. Yeah, he brings his mom. So that's why Kim, uh, the Ray Corolla describes him as he's a he's just an alien. He looks human, oh but he's God. just a slightly off to where he just doesn't get it. Like why he would likes you bring your mom because you're Tom bleeping Cruz. <laughs> I would bring my mom before I brought muffins. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most amazing story. What's the, it's the kind of guy who wants to bring Hollywood people over to his house and play hide and seek. That's that's the now kind they, of guy. Oh, oh, Kim would have loved that. Yeah, we'll play hide and seek and then eat muffins. Yes. What? The Cruz would have brought that one up. Kim would have been all over that. Corolla would have been doing nuts on that. All right, Tom, go hide. I'll go. Oh my God. You're it. You're it. <laughs> He's a good athlete. He'd be cut. He'd be tough. He'd be tough in hide and seek. Was that you just said earlier? We were yeah, talking he's about so little. He could hide in like a cupboard or in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's why he loves Lazy it. Susan. He's mm-hmm. a masterful hide and seeker. He would be a great hide and seeker. Hmm. <laughs> I, do you think? Is that at all? Do you think Lee Remedy's making that up at all? No. That sounds. Do you think he was joking around? Just make no, that sounds way too. He couldn't real. joke around. Maybe yeah. you think? And no, hell no. She's messing with him. He's strange. Because that is so strange. If you, if I went over to Mike Wysocki's house and you said, and I said, hey, I know you said, let's play hide and seek. <laughs> I mean, come on. Or Tara goes, let's, you're it, ran out, ran out. If you said you're it in your house and ran out, what the hell? It would be insane. But I'd be like, are you kidding me, Terry? What's wrong with you? I'd have, like, you want to play Red Rover next? Let's remember. You're it. And ran. Let's remember, Michael Jackson <laughs> built a whole amusement park. That's in his Michael backyard. Jackson. You expected. I'd expect Michael Jackson. I expect Tom Cruise to play tag. He's running in every ah, movie. We know how fast he is. Michael, <laughs> I'd expect to walk out to me. And go, you're it. I go. If <laughs> he didn't play it, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> Tom Cruise, I expect that. Cruise, I didn't expect. <laughs> Something about him just comes off as like one of the strangest individuals. After the jump on the sofa. Oh man, I mean, yeah, he jumped on the sofa. No, you know what? You're funny for what you said about that. Oh, about a cruise. But he's he is like their Christ figure in a way because you still have the C R, I and S in Christ and Cruise. Mm, you jump on nice. the couch for your sins. <laughs> yes, yes. Mike, that is really smart. So is that what is that the pendant uh, they put on, like they wear and everything? Like, yeah, it's just a couch. It's a couch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's him jumping on a couch. <laughs> that is brilliant. You're right. You jumped they, on the couch for your they, sins. So many similarities. It. There are. Yeah. Our crews huh. who aren't in heaven, hallowed be the pictures. Yeah, there'll be like little medals of him jumping on Oprah's couch. I think Jesus liked to play hide and seek. I don't know. How <laughs> bizarre was that when he jumped on the way he did it, too? Remember that thing? Because he was like a 45, 46 year old man at the time. Yeah. Just the way he did it, too, was like even the weird jump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Both feet went up like at the same time. 
<laughs> that, it, and the best is looking at Oprah oh, at the God. time because Oprah's like trying to be excited because Oprah loves everybody, but then sitting there going, no idea "You're what to do. really screwed up. Yep. You're in love. You're in love. <laughs> oh my God!" Because that was the moment when you he, must really be in love or fucking out of your mind. <laughs> That's what he cracked. Because what the thing that happened was, and you brought this up, he got rid of his um, sister, who was this publicist, who so took must care have of all of this. Sh- exactly. Protected the shit out of him. Yeah. So this was the first moment when everyone's like, oh, this guy's batshit crazy. Well, imagine, <laughs> yeah, imagine a batshit yeah. crazy stuff he probably said before that. <laughs> and the sister protected <laughs> Everything I t- that, you know, the couple times I interviewed it, I, and, and it was only on the phone. I didn't meet him personally, but it was very calculated. Everything was very protected and calculated. There would never be anything. Maybe it just got to the point where he got older and didn't give a shit. Maybe at that point. Maybe it's so much money. He thought, ah, hell with it. Was this you during know? Jack Reacher when he was here in Pittsburgh? No, this was way. This is how long ago this is. Last Samurai. <laughs> oh, that's actually that? one of my favorite movies. I love that Don't movie. That me, was so before yeah. it yeah, came I, out. I this was like movie. a year before it came out. He was ready to make it. He was just going to start making it with the Ken Watanabe, whatever Ken Watanabe, or great actor by the way. Awesome. Watanabe, close enough. Ken. Ken. Great. I love that guy. But anyway. Yeah, so it was it was about a year before he was making that movie, and for whatever reason, I don't know how I got the interview, but we got it. Let's talk to him. But but anyway, he's very calculated and very protective. And then it's two years later, or whatever, he got a little bit loose after the ever since the couch jump. Maybe he just doesn't give a shit. Maybe so much money, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but remember the remember the problem he had with the, the movie guy that he lost those contract old old timer says. He's acting too bizarre. Mm-hmm. Of course, he signed two seconds later with another company, but still, he makes his. I didn't see the. Uh, my you no, know, it's funny. My mom, because of the PR, she loved him, and she doesn't know if she can watch him again. Isn't that strange? I wonder if there'd be more people like that, somebody old timers, and to not watch him. That is, I could still watch him. It doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, I have no. I mean, I have no problem with any of the people. I mean, that's the thing about like when people bring up like, oh, I can't watch football anymore because these athletes are such jerks. I'm like, no, that's I a can small watch. Percentage. You know, but this is yeah, I just. But can you watch, Whatever. you know, Tom, I can watch Mission Impossible yeah. or Tom yeah, I don't Gunn care. and go, okay, great, he's an actor, great, it's a nice scene, whatever. Yeah, I mean, half the actors probably jag us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get to know. Half the actors are jag us. They're all jag us. <laughs> but but uh, let's go to uh, another story. Let's change that. This is an, it's a fascinating story. It's a, a viral video that's going around. 56-year-old old, uh, Peter uh, M. Swiller filmed himself when he was 18. Now he's 56 and he's talking to himself. And. Uh, Mike, you you saw as you put it together for our morning show, but he's talking to himself, and it looks like a talk show the way it was set up. It's a fascinating idea. The guy must have been a filmmaker because it's done so well. But it's pretty cool to be able to. What would you say to your eighteen year old self? It's kind of inter- or is it? Well, it's kind of interesting what his eighteen year old self was asking him, which is funny because he asked him, "Is he wealthy?" He's no, and you guys, he's, he's said that he's. Bald and fat, or something like that. They joke about that. It's more, it's it's kind of comedic in a way. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's it's amazing what you'd think, like you said, because we all do that exercise in our head now of like right. exactly what would you what do you think your eighteen year old self would think of? In my case, thirty nine year old Mike. You know, what would he say? And honestly, the only thing I could think of is he'd be like, "Oh, how are the Steelers doing?" Be the only thing you probably go with. How are the Steelers in the future? Yeah, how are they? Did they eventually get rid of Mark Malone? I'm like, yeah, they did. Cordell Stewart didn't do real well. Well, no. Terry, you're 28. What would you say to your 18 year old self? I would tell my 18 year old self that uh, you do become a dad, 
that you did accomplish everything that you thought you would at the times that you did and did you uh make it past everyone else in the hood so <laughs> <laughs> the age limit no. so it's a 10 year di- it's a 10 year difference only 10 year difference but like yo you you actually so it's kind of uh, close difference it's kind of close yeah it is it is real close but you know? yeah I, I would tell myself that i i have accomplished what i wanted to you got out yeah you made it to you know educate well you know great education yep. you're a successful guy I had great family uh yeah, child and all that yeah. so it's a you know great story i don't care if you come from a wealthy family or whatever it's still a great story it's still yeah. accomplished yeah it's really cool and, and uh mike you're you're how old are you mike 38 39 yeah so different okay so 20 year difference i mean what well, i mean what i tell 18 year old i'd say you're gonna go on a pretty cool journey you're you know, watch out for breaking your leg when you're when you're a sophomore in college. But um, <laughs> um, other than that, you know, just tell them enjoy the ride. And, you know, because it's because it, when I was 18, I was so focused on football. You know, mm-hmm. your 18 year old self would say you're full of cliches, old man. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was a little bit more respectful as an 18 year old. than that. Sir, I respect you. <laughs> but you're giving me a Hallmark card. I need some more shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be the same. Be like, I'd say the dude, same. here's the thing, man. That'd be even funny if you did that, <laughs> dude. I talk, you talk like this now. So I'd fuck with my 18 year old self. I would say to my 18 year old self, "Man, that's what you talk like. What happened? Weed, man. You discover it in a year. Successful, dude. Is anybody think about the guy who still lives in his parents' basement, dude? Yeah, I'd, I'd really fuck with myself. Yeah, dude, you just got kicked out of your parents' basement. Your job is you ride the Thunderbolt at Kennywood in the summer. Make sure it's safe. That's it. What? That's that's it. That's your job, dude. Thirty-five dollars a day, righteous bucks. <laughs> Did I make it as a comedian? Yeah, man. You're a clown. You do birthday parties every week. <laughs> what? You're a good clown. You're a happy clown. You work with this other clown, Mike Wasaki. <laughs> when you meet him, you'll know that you have this connection. Yeah, you guys are great clowns, man. <laughs> Wasaki gets all the publicity today, man. You get shit on that, yeah. dude. It's all about him. Then you guys are on the run from the law for a few years, but that's okay mm-hmm. now. <laughs> but I tell you, you're gonna get addicted to like day old birthday cake because that's also how you get paid at the that's... birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can mess. I'd mess with myself. Mike, what would you do? I'd say, uh, watch out, Tom Cruise is gonna turn out to be a weirdo. Yeah, I know. You'd be like, no way. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. Because you had that Top Gun poster on your b- wall when you were yeah, a kid. yeah, all the time. That yeah. and cocktail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You say, forget the movie. Who never thought this guy would turn out to be so weird. Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, see, you so loved him. Mike, you say, I see, you say the girl. You know, see the girl on Dawson's Creek. He's gonna marry her. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, I would. I was just telling myself to just, you know, don't take anything serious. That's it. As I wanted. I wouldn't want to reveal anything because you mm. mess it up. Yeah, what if you do? Like, what if you did tell yourself something? You fuck it up, right? Yeah. What if you do become the Greyhound manager? Because young Jimmy gets freaked out by everything that you tell him. Yes. And he goes, Mm -hmm. fuck all that attention. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want it. I'm going to go be the grand manager. And then the next thing, I'm the manager. Yeah. 
which or, was my goal. Or if you sit there and say, <laughs> I do become a successful comedian, he goes, oh, I'm going to become a successful comedian. Might as well just, you know, sit here and discover weed because I'm yeah. going to become well, no, one. Maybe, yeah, maybe I wouldn't work as hard. They yeah. said, yeah, you're going to make it, you know, money, this and that, whatever. Yeah, yeah fuck it, man. I'm going to go watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just happen. Why are you watching happen, cartoons? Yeah. Because it's research. <laughs> Old me said I could do impressions of these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to watch cartoons and shit. Reruns. <laughs> I'm supposed to be lazy, he told me. Since you're talking to your mom? Yes. <laughs> the more you're lazy, the better, he told me. He says, start drinking beer, eating pizza, and watching TV. Then I'm you, doing what he said. And then your mom talks to 56-year-old Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to shut up. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Telling yourself to watch reruns all the time. But 18 years sofa. old, man. That's so young. I right? remember, when you were 18, you I thought you were like a man. I remember the whole deal being 18. Sure, man. I, just, you know, I, thought, I didn't think I knew it all, but yeah, you do think you know more shit. And it was, yeah, 18-year-old me was, uh, I did do impressions. I didn't know how to be a comedian. I wanted to be a comedian. I had no idea how to do it. I had no idea you can make a living at it. Like, I mm -hmm. thought that was just another world to do. And I was a community college, freshman in the community, because I had no way. I, I didn't. I couldn't afford college or the real, you know. But then I got the IUP. But that was. I love community. I, I'm going to do something for our community college. Community college in whatever city you're in. It, it, I'll tell you what, man. It is what you make it up. And, and the price was good. I could afford it. And uh, and if you could show you do the classes, you can work your way into the next school. And that's what I did. I worked my way into IUP. Got a bachelor degree in science, bachelor of science in in business, but so it's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I was a hard working kind of kid, I guess, and I really was too afraid. I think my mother scared and dad scared the shit out of me with drugs. That was the good thing. It scared straight. <laughs> 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 you guys, yeah, I got the sky. I must have got to watch too much Dragnet. Episode. I'm older than you guys. This is Dragnet. Dragnet. Oh yeah, Dragnet man scared the shit out of you of drugs. If you watch that show, you were done, man. They had the two guys that were detectives, and they'd walk in the room and go. Where's the baby? In a microwave. What? <laughs> <laughs> Marijuana. And they'd be laying there all high. <laughs> That's what happens. Remember? You ever watch the show? Uh, the baby was in the microwave. Always in the microwave. Or the baby. The there was always the baby. The baby was somewhere bad. Yeah. Depending on the drug. If it was heroin, the baby was just, well, I don't know where the baby yeah. was. The baby was just <laughs> in the car somewhere. I drove it. I don't know if the baby was gone with yeah. heroin. But marijuana. It was always marijuana. And there was two guys passed out. Overdosed the baby on climbed weed. in the microwave. Yeah, and a lady and a baby climbed in the microwave. This is somehow. what weed does to It me. was always alive. The baby was alive. Mm -hmm. yeah. If it was heroin, the baby, they don't show it, but the baby was just somewhere not good because <laughs> it was heroin. <laughs> heroin was the guy always jumped out a window, too. He could, thought he could fly. And the detectives, it was uh, Morgan and Friday. I remember the names. I don't know why. Because what do you think? He goes, jumped out a window. Heroin. <laughs> heroin. Thought he could fly. So I thought, geez, that stuff makes you think you could fly. So I stayed away from it. So it worked. It was a good scared straight thing. Yeah. Did you guys have scared straight? We had stuff. I, um, we always had the high school. We had the uh, one time was in eighth grade. This guy came to our school, and he was one guy who was going to play against like a vo our volleyball team. And he was like a like a born again Christian. And his whole thing was with, yeah. through the power of Christ, he was going to beat. The ball? He was going to beat a group of eighth graders playing volleyball. Through the power of God. Yeah, and only, but it was one on eight. I always tell Mike that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so he's, he's yeah, so he's, and it works. They scared mm -hmm. him straight. 
so so he so he does plays volleyball and and beats a bunch of eighth graders which again from now a perspective of 39 okay so what and now, uh-huh. but then he started speaking to us about like you know you got to understand about like you know uh, drugs and all this other kind of stuff and then he starts bringing up bon jovi the song living in sin and one of like the girls in the corner starts laughing and so he gets right in her face he goes you think john bon jovi is gonna come to your hospital room when you're having a kid and you gotta take care of it for the rest of your goddamn life like, that's like, <laughs> 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 that's oh, who, who was this guy he's i don't awesome. know but we gotta get I him on the show I, yeah <laughs> please get his name because awesome. i want to hear about bon jo- john bon you think john bon jovi's gonna come to your room and the answer is probably would. He's a nice guy. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. What did you guys do? Did you laugh? You couldn't laugh. He was too oh, nuts. he was too. We're a bunch of eighth graders. We're a bunch of seventh and eighth graders. So this adult is screaming John at us saying bon John Jovi bon living on a prayer. <laughs> wanted. Do you think he's going to be here? Wow. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. He didn't play. No. Jesus. How about you, Mike? Give anybody not like that? Not like that. I never, had no. a, I never had a crazy guy like that. Please remember his name somehow, Mike. We got to get him on. I get, no, I wanna, he's in prison. Please check the prison records. Contact Orsonville Middle. <laughs> Did he want to yeah. win in the volleyball game? Did he win? Yeah, he beat a bunch of eighth graders in volleyball. It's not well, that big a deal. Well, yeah. he had Jesus on his side, yeah. so that helps. Yeah. What an asshole. That definitely helps. But like, if you're really good at volleyball, like you're That's a grown awesome. man facing a bunch of eighth graders oh, who yeah. literally were told like 15 minutes beforehand, put on your gym clothes, you're going to face this guy in front of the entire school. <laughs> it's not like he beat the U.S. Wait, national team. Did he in beat, front of the whole school. Wait, did he yeah. beat, was he by himself? Yes. I'm sorry. That's pretty fucking good. If you could beat a whole volleyball team by yourself, you have four or five kids on the other side, that's pretty good. Oh, I think wow. that's impressive. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Maybe. Would John Bon Jovi come in? I that? couldn't beat. <laughs> I don't Where's know your I, Bon Jovi now? I don't know if I can beat five kids. <laughs> in, what grade are you in? I'm in eighth grade. Eighth grade, I'm sorry. I don't know if I could beat five kids in eighth grade. <laughs> and I'm playing volleyball on my side, just me. <laughs> I don't know if I can beat them because there's five of you and they're a little scrappy. You got a couple play ball. They play a play. They're good athletes. They run around, boom, they hit it. They spike. Yeah, I'm by myself. It's only me. <laughs> this guy, they may have done a major feat. We weren't impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with this guy. Dorseyville Middle School in 1989 was not impressed. <laughs> Check, like I said earlier, check all prisons. He's in one of them, Mike. You will find Playing him. volleyball against the Yes, game. we'll find this man. He's out there somewhere. I'll kick all your asses. Oh, yeah, he did some crime. I don't know what the crime was, but he did something. Fuck you and somewhere. your precious Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> he did something. Oh. And, I, and he, I'm sure he has the Bon Jovi hair right now. Deep down to the crush on Bon Jovi. That's his whole thing is deep down loved him. He had on his wall. A volleyball champ t-shirt. John, they tried to take you down today. He tells Doc to the poster. Yeah. Bon Jovi probably took his woman. I defended you. Is. I defended you, John. <laughs> you know what's funny? You talked about the heroin thing jumping off a building. For us, it was yes. uh, Angel Dust. Oh, yeah. That, that was the big one. Stuff, the, they, the thing on TV. The oh, and, Angel Dust, bad. Um, they told us Angel that dust. if you. It's not so fun. It should never ain't named it Angel Dust. No, Angel Dust. It sounds like some sugar on a cupcake. Yeah, yeah right? It sounds like something you could give the kids. Yeah, it sounds like something at the end of a. Some kind of Food Network show, Giada would say, you know, yeah. we have some muffins up with the uh, mascarpone cheese, and we put the angel dust. 
on it. Sprinkle of a angel dust. Little sprinkle of angel sprinkle dust. Sprinkle of angel dust. Sprinkle of an angel dust. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, but it's bad. Yeah, they would. Uh, they used to tell us dust. if you hallucinate, that everything will start off happy. Mm. Like there'll be angels and really? and, and uh, butterflies. So it opens up good. It's good. It opens up good. Then bang. And then they say uh, within you know, five you see minutes. Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> Play you, see bon Jovi. you see demons. They said you see those butterflies turn into bats. They were telling us all kinds of crazy Play shit. <laughs> <laughs> you give PCP a bad name. <laughs> now so my favorite. Angel dust is uh yeah. It's, that it's, was always like LSD angel dust because we had Dare and um just say no. Those were the two big programs that they had. <laughs> For us, and uh, they would come to the school, and they would send cops. The dare, the dare guys. They would send a cop, and the police officer would be like, "All right, this is what you do if you catch on fire. This is what you do. Uh, Don't do drugs, kids, and your marijuana, your brain cells will be dead." And meanwhile, you know, he's probably getting (laughs) himself. (laughs) But uh, you know, it was just funny because all the adults would tell you don't do drugs, and then you find out how many adults were smoking weed as you were growing up, Mm -hmm. and it like messes with you. But. he told a story about there was a kid who smoked some angel dust, and they uh, got called uh, in Penn Hills. Uh, he's an old uh, officer. He's retired now. But he said they all got called to this house, and the kid was blasting Pantera. And he had a headband on, a red headband, and a crossbow, I guess his dad had for hunting. And he was at the top of the steps, and they tried to get him to come down, but he was high on angel dust, and he kept telling them he was Rambo. So he's banging his head the top of the steps because <laughs> he fucking thought he was John Rambo and there was nothing they could do to bring this dude down. So that's when they told us don't smoke that shit. We had a guy. Or you'll be Rambo. I love the, spe- I love the speaker guys, Terry. Remind oh, me the guy speak and I remember he had this weird this guy had a weird voice sound like this and came and he's talking about you know drugs and evil and this my buddy Ralph Ralph we're in the back and it's, it's huge like class okay and it's like Maybe three classes talking to the dude, whatever. It's like three, maybe, maybe 50 to 70 kids. It wasn't a big school. It's North Catholic. And Ralph's going to throw an egg. And he says, I'm going to throw an egg at you. Roll it. I'm like, you're kidding. We did shit like that. But where did you get the egg? He brought it. He had an egg. He had an egg. And it's Just back had it all planned out. <laughs> oh, yeah, in a carton. Okay. He's like a hobby. <laughs> Never know who wants to egg someone. Ralph is a burn. He's a burn up man. So... <laughs> Dude, so I got the eggs. But it was the weirdest thing ever, and I was like, and I'm, just, I was a quiet kid, man. I was, I was John Hinckley quiet mm-hmm. until my senior year, <laughs> September of my senior year, the beginning of the year was a talent show, a school talent show, and I won it. And after I won the talent show, everybody knew who I was for whatever reason. All of a sudden, I just <laughs> went all these parties and all this fun stuff, and it was great. It was a great senior year. But before that, I went zero to sixty after I won a talent show. But before that, I was Hinckley quiet. Hang with every could hang with different people, but it was very, very, very quiet, nondescript. I was the kid. If you, if he died, there wouldn't be no vigil for me. There'd be no flyers. There'd be no little. God we miss damn. him, and yeah, which one take was a half a day. Do we have a therapist here to talk to you about the loss of Jim? There'd be like <laughs> nothing. Who? Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, it just, just went right by. Take like, three or four days until someone knew you were gone. <laughs> What yeah, happened would, to that kid? They would just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, probably be senior year when I wasn't. My picture was just out or something. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was just quiet, as quiet. Man. What? Yeah, this is just sad. Yeah, I was just. Sad. He's, he's digging deep right now, man. Yeah, see, that's that's sad. Sad shit. You know, you gotta be sad to be a comedian. You do have to be sad <laughs> to be a comedian. <laughs> I never met a comedian that doesn't suffer from some shit. If you didn't get hit, <laughs> if life didn't hit you in a fucking face with a pole cue stick, you can't be a comedian. You can't be a comedian. You're gonna be a posing comedian. Yeah, it's, that's real shit. 
You have right? to have had some traumatizing you shit happen to you. You are the guy who would have died. They wouldn't give a shit about you. You're gonna be funny, motherfucker. That's some psycho. That's some good psychology. With com- like, what? What do you You're think made be you funny be a or comedian? in jail? Either way, <laughs> try to make your. Own. We've discussed. We've discussed. But I mean, we'll go into the, Jimmy's. Well, I mean, you, lots you of said, things have happened. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I remember this guy's up there, Doctor So and So, talking about the drugs, and you talk like this. But I remember he went. and turned around and ralph throws the egg and it fucking hit the blackboard and i'll never forget this guy who threw that egg it's like screaming like who threw the egg it's like the whole for an hour so it's like an investigation <laughs> went underway it's like a big traumatic thing. <laughs> who did throw the egg did you ever find it was it? ralph it was ralph ralph was amazing Man. oh he was amazing he would torture speakers and teachers one time he rolled a bowling ball down the aisle <laughs> <laughs> where did he get, where did he get bowling the bowling ball awesome we had this guy <laughs> he had eggs and boiling balls just I'm at all times. I'm not going to give the teacher's last name. There was a couple of teachers. Yeah, these guys were amazing. Now, look, if you had a nun or something, this is in Catholic school, you don't fuck with the, nun, the nuns. Mm-hmm. That's why the nuns had to be tough. I called them Sister Mary Charles Bronson. They had to be tough because we were assholes. We were one. We were ready. We could, half of We're like running Oz. It's like them show Oz on HBO without the sex. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it was it was tough, and, and he's not. But some of these teachers, man, they were, they were nice guys, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, Ralph, different guys would do different things. Like you know, Ralph was kind of based a little bit off Ralph the Cat, Bullwinkle in college. He's, he's kind of he's a great guy. And he's hysterical. <laughs> but he yeah, one time he rolled a bowling ball down. This guy, this guy Doc. I won't give his last name. Anybody in North will know this guy. <laughs> he was like teach taught some sort of math. I don't even remember, but. He'd be like doing the things and yeah. stuff, and, and then all of a sudden a ball was a ball. He wrote down the owl. Isn't that amazing? One time, what was the reaction once that ball came? Oh, down? we're just fucking howling. He is livid. <laughs> this guy had a breakdown. He left school. <laughs> One time he told Ralph, "Teach <laughs> uh, this uh, guy." He tells Ralph, "He says I have to, I'm gonna have to leave, and I want you to monitor this room." Now, this is the Burnout Kid. I mean, he had the long hair. <laughs> this kid looked like picture a miniature Greg Allman. Oh, wow. <laughs> this kid could have been, yeah, he could have did a reality show called Growing Up Almond. And, and so he's sitting there. I remember sitting in a corner, and he is to monitor the class. They tore the class up. I'm not kidding. The teacher's desk <laughs> turned upside down when they got back. <laughs> I was still just sitting there didn't say anything. He's like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. You saw it. Uh, I don't know, man. That's well, so awesome. His, teacher, his desk was turned up. <laughs> Who does that? We, had a, we, were, we were like criminals. but we, we had a teacher in seventh grade who it was right after Dead Poets Society came mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. so he wanted to be like that, that teacher that connected with the students and taught us about poetry and everything mm-hmm. like that. Didn't didn't work. <laughs> so like he would just be like going up on like on these long like Henry Thoreau posts, and this were seventh graders. Everybody's just like, oh screw this guy. Everything we're starting to throw stuff out the window. One time everybody just got bored. He walked out to like you know talk to a teacher. Two kids just picked up a desk and somehow got it out the window. And I was in the class below. All of a sudden you look out the window just. Boom! Uh. Just as the desk outside, he was fired the next day. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Why y'all do that? <laughs> Is this a Fox Chaps? Uh. Uh, Dorseyville Middle School. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, that's messed up. All right, were you asking Mikey about his childhood or something? Oh uh, no, uh. There, there's a good, there's a good ass answer. Mike's, Mike's <laughs> harsh yeah. life. Just, I love uh, lots of things have happened. We we'll we had that. a we had a teacher. Um, because you guys are talking about those pranks, we had a teacher that 
she had no control of the class. And uh, they threw poppers at her. They was throwing poppers this one day. And you know the little things you oh, throw yeah, on the ground. And everyone loves them. So they're throwing poppers at her, and she keeps going, who's doing this? And she turned her back, and another popper comes. So somebody folded up the box of poppers, and they threw it away. And I had got up to throw something away they end up calling the police up and they end up calling because by this time you gotta remember when i was in school the middle school they had uh columbine and all that stuff so oh we went through yeah. metal detectors every mm. other day we they had police there See, we, all we, time in my era there was no columbine because those teachers all packing guns they would have shot <laughs> <laughs> that kid walked in with that that uh, hood on or that yeah. fucking long coat they'd have been shot and they had been like all right we're worried class <laughs> The trench coat mafia would have yeah. gotten past the freaking door. Yeah, be like, Gren, when you're done cleaning the race, clean that little fucker in a trench coat up. <laughs> Different era. Oh man. It no, definitely man. was. Cause we couldn't we couldn't even bring C D players. But they threw poppers at her and the the guys threw something away, I threw something away. So the security guard um said I got up and threw it away and it was me that threw the poppers. So they tried to take me in a room like an interrogation, play good cop, bad cop. Uh, and they're like, we know you did it, kid. Oh I'm God. like, no, I didn't do nothing. They're like, then tell us who did. I was like, I ain't snitching. <laughs> it was like an old mob movie. <laughs> so they, they, yeah, so they suspended Jerry me. Jones was no snitch. Yeah, everyone's like, man, good look on not telling. And um, they suspended <laughs> me for a day. And then uh, so they tried to put it was a fire hazard and that I caused like all this stuff that could go on a record. So my parents called the NAACP. See, yeah. And we went up there. Instantly clean my slate. Yeah. The moral to the story is if you black, take advantage of that. Ah. <laughs> that's, that's what you know. You, you, I, I, they wouldn't have taken my call, Terry. Hell no. <laughs> I, I, did have some, I, I, I gotta tell you, I did have some great teachers. I think that's what did it. There was a couple, like, there's some good teachers I had. I, you know, went to the North. There were some really good guys, man. And they toughened me up. And, and that, you know, they were they were good guys, man. It's like, you know, I was thinking that whole, like you said, if that whole Columbine thing was, you know, yeah, I'm bitter toward my fellow students and all this and that they, they would just, they, these guys would have been like hey boo fucking who <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> life's tough kid i remember one guy my favorite uh, mr Dave, he taught uh, he, he taught history man and it was hysterical and he was the toughest fucking nails this dude man he's a little guy and a bit wide and like he will beat the shit out of you fucking <laughs> and i was in history and he had this and we had this convenience store in a corner it's called sloopy's Sloopy's was in the corner, and, and there were always their people, their burnout guys there. Yeah. And they have, like, T-shirts on. I mean, it looked like a 50s movie or something with the cigarettes rolled <laughs> up, and they were, like, the burnout guys, and they're unemployed, we're losers, whatever. Mm -hmm. whatever they, they were all hanging out in front of Sloopy's, okay? And, and I remember he'd be, like, pondering. He did this several times. And, and everyone, and different students knew because he'd do the, the speech. that mm -hmm. He'd hand out the tests and stuff, and I'd get a D or something. And then he'd be staring. So he's only five foot four or something, but wide and solid. He's a football coach, one of the coaches. He talked like this. His tooth was missing. <laughs> he'd spit while he's talking. He had to pee to spit all over. And he'd be staring out the window. And I'd be looking at my D. And he'd be staring out the window in his, in his second floor room. And he'd look at Sloopy's. And he goes, and out of the whole class, it scared the shit out of me. And he'd go, Cred, get up here. So I'd walk up. I'd be like, holy shit, what's he going to do to me? And he goes, <laughs> grabs me. You see that guy down there, Craig? You see that guy on the street corner <laughs> with his short sleeves, his cigarette rolled up in his sleeve? You see, they a loser, Craig, a loser. No job, no life. <laughs> <laughs> That's you in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'd be like, great, no. 
I will. I promise. You better fucking straighten up. And yeah, he said, fucking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, they were pretty hard. That's awesome. But oh. he would. He would do that. And he did that speech. He goes, that, and I'd be like, scared the shit out of me. One thing I always never get, you talk about suspension. I never got the concept of, I hate school. I'm getting in trouble. Let's make it that this kid doesn't have to show up for five days. Yeah. Let's make it that he gives this kid a bonus. Exactly. I just sit there and think, did they not realize this is like a good thing? It's a bonus? (laughs) Hey, stay home for a week. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like you to stay away and play. Can you play games, please? Can you wake Can you wake up at noon? Food? Yes. And just not do anything. Could you please sleep in and go to the movies? Because <laughs> yeah. okay. a fight was three day for us. You get in a fight that was three day suspension, and then you come back and you demand as long as you won that fight. Oh no, Mister Mister <laughs> D, you did hard labor. You weren't going nowhere. <laughs> You're cleaning something. Some teachers were badass like that, where they He's wouldn't report it. They would just tell you to take your ass to that side and the other person, and then they would, well, I'm not saying shit about this, but you need to cut it out. Those are the good teachers. Like you He's had. good, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. He used uh, to call me after one of the talent show. He goes, you know the comedy stuff? You know the comedy stuff, Kren? Yeah. You should do that. <laughs> I said, thank you. Did you ever talk to him as an adult? I did. Great, yeah. He, uh, great guy. Wonderful guy. We became friends, and uh, yeah, he passed away uh, not too long ago. But he's a great guy. Uh, my other guy, Mr. Machowski, he was – Really nice. He would put a lot of the teachers in North. A lot, all, all those guys are really nice. Actually, they're very influential. I was lucky to go to that school. Yeah. Uh, the uh, teachers, uh, one Machowski would always, uh, Mister Militello, Mister. They had a great group of guys around me. They really helped me. These guys. Um, the Mister Machowski would have me do. Co- after one, Mister Machowski had me do comedy every week, every Friday in Spanish class. He'd make me get up and do comedy for five minutes. He'd make me write. He knew. He saw something. And then get confidence. I got confidence. He knew it was break barriers with kids. And I ended up, like I said, senior year was like, you know, I went from that John Hinckley character to, I took a, a, a captain of cheerleader to prom, the whole nine yards. It was like, oh, we went from the outhouse to the penthouse from doing comedy. For me, for it, was, it was comedy. It was my way. And starring in a school play. And also, uh, you know, sports wise, I was, I was, I was a decent athlete, but I wasn't in the, you had to be in organizations. I wasn't. I was a kid in a, in a, grew up in an alley. I wasn't going to yeah. be. You had to come out of Pop Warner. Mike knows that. They're scouting you out of Pop Warner. It was hard. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't. Under, I made. I actually made the football team. I didn't understand it and quit. I shouldn't have my freshman year. <laughs> I didn't understand that I made the team. Like I went through the whole camp and everything. <laughs> you just went home. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah I thought, That's uh, so you know, funny. I did all the two days in the whole. I know. I was an idiot. I was a kid. You went through idiot. the hard part, and then the yes. reward, which was the games, you were yeah. like, ah, screw this. Yeah, it was yeah. the beginning of the year. I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I made it. Do it. I proved my point. Yeah. I didn't even realize I made the team later. I was like, I end up sports wise. I end up boxing and stuff like that. Doing indiv- I was more of an individual kind of guy, I guess. Whatever. But I love. I played football later in life, but. They were good guys, is my point. It was a good, good. I was lucky to be around those guys. Because, cause, uh, you know, doing, like I said, you need somebody, you just need somebody to give you a nudge sometimes in life. And you can do things as a kid. Absolutely. You know, that one little nudge. There's some good people out there. Some assholes, but you know what? Mm-hmm. One good one, a couple good ones make up for the majority of the assholes. That's the theme of the show. That's our feel good. <laughs> yeah, that. Some people have are assholes, some Let's, people are good how guys. How about this? Let's appreciate the good ones in our life. There how about go. that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's appreciate one. the good ones. And it's the same thing, you know, as an entertainer. That's why I appreciate the people listening to the show. I appreciate you listening to the show. Because you're, 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 you're with us. It's, it's, you, pre- you appreciate Some people take for granted 
that kind of stuff, the stuff in front of you. That's our feel good. I'm Tony Robbins today. I'm going to do my <laughs> <laughs> The Giant Within with Jim Crenn. <laughs> Play tapes of Mr. Delilah. I think that's tapes. That's you in 10 years. That's you in 10 years. Loser. Oh, God. Loser, kid. Oh, man. That's, that's, awesome. that's, that's awesome. fun. Fun show, man. Any, any, any plugs? The rest of the show comes out Thursday. You guys have any shows this weekend here in Pittsburgh? I mean, I no. do, but I forget yeah, where oh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just go to them. I'll be in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> I don't know if I have a show there. I'm just, just going to be there. No plugs? <laughs> look, it, it, look, my calendar just says headline show. I just wait for the booker to send me the confirmation. Man, life is good for T, man. Like, no. <laughs> just check Facebook and check everybody's thing. Am I yeah. on that? Go Am I on that? Go to jimcran.com. We'll put it up there. Yeah, it'll be listed because we got one in Seven uh, Springs, but uh, corporates. Um, it's for corporates? Uh, it's for NA, Narcotics Anonymous. Okay, I thought you were. Oh North wow, Al- yeah. North Allegheny High School. Don't you to- hate going to class? <laughs> oh my God, you and <laughs> kills your brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> Op- the opening of you and you and Waisaki open up with lighting a joint and <laughs> a bong. Remember this. Remember this. <laughs> this kind is animal cookies. This is terrible. <laughs> This will make you want to jump off a win- out of a window, kid. Don't smoke weed. You know what? Give him my story about Dragnet. Dragnet. Yeah. Huh? That, I want to watch that scene on you YouTube. You've got to see it. Look up Dragnet. It's awesome. Oh, it's, man. On it's the old it's one, on but not the new remake. The old one. Old school. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. And, uh, it's, and, and there, got some therapy. I get, you gave me therapy today. I feel better. You feel better, right? We feel better. We're going to legalize prostitution yes. if, you, if you go through the whole thing. We just woke the giant within, too. <laughs> the giant within. <laughs> Whatever that means. It's Jim Cred, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, it's Jim Cran of Jim Cran, no restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or jimcran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.